0: Hi and welcome to episode three of Social Distancing the Church and I am here with Oda Beka, the um, music director, correct?
1: Um, so, music associate, um, music. music director
0: Okay, at um, First Alliance Church and he's also the one who provided the intro music which I'm really right. grateful for. Um for some context, my relationship with Odom. I have worked with him at Ambrose through chapels. He was on a worship team and he led both my first day and it was this big in ear monitor setup which was a ton of fun. And then also we um he helped with a worship night that I did sound for, and again he bought an in- any monitor setup so kind of my relationship with Odom has primarily been in he's pushing Ambrose into increasing their tech product their music production, which I've been really grateful for and then so he's been on the music side and I've been on the tech side and He was introducing new tech, and so he knows music and technology pretty well. And the current stage of reopening plan in Calgary right now is stage two. So worship services services have no size cap, but uh, First Alliance is choosing not to open as of right now because they can't do it um, well enough and maintaining the restrictions. Is there anything else you want to add there, Odom?
1: Um, sure. Um, yeah, just right at the moment, um, we've been um, just trying to um, have an online presence um, through services and everything. And um, we got the um, news last week, and it's always a bit surprising because every week something a little different changes in our planning and our processes. So that was a little bit of a curveball. It's nice to see, but um, we're also trying to be um, conscientious and cautious and just make sure that we can do it, um, I guess, both well and safely.
0: Yeah. Um, So how did um, First Alliance transition to not being able to hold services in person? Um, so like as the situation developed, how did the church approach not being able to meet in person?
1: OK, um, well, we're, we've we been extremely blessed in that regard um, because um, I think even for the past maybe year and a half or two years, um, we as a staff team and especially the pastor, has been putting um, putting this philosophy on us that um, we're not just a physical church. Um, so this past fall we um, ended up starting our second campus um, up at Glenmore Christian Academy, um, but he urged us to consider it um, a three-campus church. Um, because our online infrastructure and our online um services um really help facilitate and allow people to um engage and um just be part of what's happening there and we get a lot of people from around the world that um that listen to services or um, connect with our online pastor so we um, we've been investing quite a bit in trying to um, improve that even before COVID happened. So when the switch happened and we had to do everything physically, um, we did our we did our best, and we've been really working at um, just improving um, how we um, how we do services for online because um, it's our only campus at the moment so people can um, engage with us
0: so yeah it seems like you guys had a very good um, online structure where how exactly were you doing that online were you on YouTube were you on Facebook were you on a mixture of sites
1: Um, so we do um, Facebook live as well as Our main site, um, I think the distributors have changed a little bit um, in the past couple months. Um, The last I saw on the main site, it's through a Vimeo live feed embedded. Um, I think we had a different provider um, in the past. Um, But yeah, um, we also have a YouTube channel where um, segments or selections of it. So I think um, the sermons get on there, any um, special music, Um, and um, some of our, um, I guess, midweek offerings or um, talks with pastors um, and other ministry leaders at the church.
0: Okay. Um, So what aspects of doing online services do you enjoy? Like, it's not all drawbacks, but what I some of the benefits you're seeing in an online format only.
1: Um, I think this is both the um, the positive and like the kind of scary part. Um, you're with technology, you're able to just create um, and enhance a lot of things, and I love I love the processes. Um, I'm a very Um, process-oriented person, Um, so if there's anything that I can do to help um, on that end, I love to be able to do that. Um, My role specifically deals with helping um, the bands um, perform the music uh, as well as they can, Um, so I've invested quite a bit in uh, rehearsal and performance technologies uh, to be able to facilitate that and to be able to help them. And um, the music pastor, um, who's my mentor as well, um, just has a really great phrase, like how can we help people win? Um, And I love that technology in this sense, um, is able to help me do that, help and help others feel more confident to, um, to be there on stage and to, um and to worship, um because it's a big stage and sometimes it's scary. Um, it's not not scary for me anymore, but it's it's definitely a lot to take in. So you just want to make sure that people feel okay.
0: Yeah. Like especially with first when it's such a big congregation, the idea of kind of online it doesn't seem as big. Like I know in my first episode when I was talking with my pastor Grant he was like yeah I don't have to get people on his stage to participate anymore they're just sitting at home and so he was talking about how he could get people who wouldn't go on his stage easier to be at front and like lead a communal prayer and so it Mm -hmm. kind of seems like first isn't quite there but it's this stage seems a bit less intimidating in an online format. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yeah, I guess a, a little bit. Um, so with um, with what we're doing right now, I guess it's um, what, what our in-person services would look like, minus the people. Um, so um, we've tried to make it, um, I guess make the switch as familiar um, as possible. The transition as familiar as possible, as well as um, helping people to um, engage more through the week. Um, and yeah, I've I really enjoyed being able to be a part of it so far, um, and just kind of looking back. Um, looking back on it. um, Just realizing how lucky I am to be part of something that um, that works, um, that works really well. And that um, I think, tries to push um, a little bit more each time. Um, I'm part of a great team there.
0: Yeah. Um, So, kind of shifting more to your role in music, um, what has been drawbacks to leading worship online?
1: I think the, yeah, the hard part is definitely the engagement. You, when you're worshiping or singing, There's always this communal aspect that, um, is so powerful and so um, tangible uh, when other people are in the room and other people connect and um, feel feel the same things that you're feeling when you're on stage and trying to um, direct them towards that. Um, So not being able to have um, our congregation there is definitely a shift and when you're recording um the mindset that we've had like we've had to switch to thinking about no this is like we're not doing it for the people in this room of which there are like 15 um but we have to do it for the people in their kitchens or in their bedrooms or outside on their decks um, and transfer, try and transfer that energy um, in a different way, and it's it's different. Um, and I'd say, um, yeah, I I miss being able to um, see people and talk with people and have that fellowship. Um, That would be the biggest part for me. Um, It's completely understandable um, why it needs to be that way. Um, But I think we're just trying to do the best that we can with what we have.
0: Yeah, like it's one of the things that I was expecting there is like, you, as worship leaders, you're kind of feeling the room, seeing what they're like and how people are responding to songs. And you can't do that anymore. You can't t- improvise and be like, hey, people are really loving the bridge. Let's do the bridge one more time. That's just not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, um, what has your experience been like in leading worship online? Because I'd assume you're in a, big auditorium and that's completely empty and you have plexiglass in between musicians so what has that kind of felt like
1: um so (laughs) it's still it's it's funny it still felt like church again minus the people um so we have our we have our musicians they're on socially distant platforms our drummer is In a plexiglass cage, um, like a lot of that's for sound reasons as well. And the singers, um, we have plexiglass dividers between them, so um, so we have that um, separation. And then um, they sing out into our auditorium um, at the Deerfoot Campus, um, which is um, the building, um, our I guess original building, Um, and. Yeah, we're singing out um, to the auditorium, and then we have um, our video production crew. Uh, so they're at the back of, they're both at the back of the sanctuary um, in the control room, um, and then um, our camera people in the sanctuary, um, and then our sound techs. So um, we have about three three or four different teams um, that kind of come together and help record the services and um, work on making sure that we get our services out there
0: yeah is there any new considerations you have in how you plan your worship set um? Like, are you choosing your songs differently now in light of COVID or thinking about different aspects in how you choose your set mm. during COVID?
1: Um, I think for the most part, it's very much the same. We've had, um, so I'm part of, um, a bigger team called the environment Team um, that, um, oversees. A lot of the creative, um, yeah, the creative aspects of what we do uh, at FAC. So there's music, um, there's also tech and video. So the leads are part of that team as well, um, and um, creative communications. Um, so we work with that in service order, and um, it's quite a bit of uh, behind-the-scenes planning um, during the week. Um, I'm unable to be there for all of it because um, I'm here at Ambrose. Um, but um, we have design design team early in the week where we talk about um, the current series of sermons or thematic material that um, we're on, um, as well as um, a long view at what the next series is, um, and then we discuss all the elements that go into that design. Um, so set design, um, lighting design, um, video design, any considerations, any special things that we want to do with that, um, and how music can help play into that or um, feed into that. Um, we also get um, sermons, um, at least the sermon kind of subjects, um, we look at them, about almost three to six weeks in advance, Um, at least three weeks. We look at at least three weeks and then um, we're able to kind of choose um, our songs based on that material. Um, We go for a mixture of um, familiar songs, but um, for example, if there's um, a song that's really on the worship leaders' heart to try, We try not to limit that. Um, We see if it works within um, what we're doing thematically. Um, And if there's also a song that's just so poignantly powerful um, in conjunction with what we're doing that particular weekend, um, we'll go that route as well and include it in our planning.
0: So kind of what I'm getting from you there is because First Alliance has been so intentional in their song choice before COVID, there hasn't been much change. Is that kind of what you're getting at?
1: Yeah, there hasn't been much change in what the process for choosing looks like. It's, um, it's still been, um, yeah, very much the same. Yeah. Um, as pre-COVID.
0: Yeah. Um, How is your theology of worship being formed in this time of COVID? Is there like new aspects of worship you are realizing or gaining an awareness of aspects you previously did not pay attention to?
1: Hmm. I think for, for me, just, um, With the people not there, it's helped, I think, helped inform me that worship is not just like, it's made it more apparent, I should say, that worship is not just um, in the room on a Sunday um, and that we're not just doing it for a physical, um, yeah, we're not just doing it for a physical presence um, and I think for me growing up, um, the biggest, um, as a musician, I think the biggest part of my guiding, um, philosophy was that on it was, um, Psalm 33, three, um, just to, um, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. And I love being able to um, just be part of that experience and help people um, experience something that's had such a profound influence on my life. Um, I love being able to, um, I guess, minister or um, help in like help evoke emotions. Um, that lead people closer to God through um, music and through worship. Um, so, I guess at this time, um, yeah, it's it's been I've just been more reflecting more on um, what my theology had been before, um, and I think. It's more the day-to-day um, considerations that have changed for me. Um, how are we doing life outside? How are we caring for each other? How are we looking after each other? Um, especially um, now that we're not able to meet physically, and for some people, that's really that's really difficult. Um, so how how are we? I guess worshiping by helping and caring for each other too. Um, And having fellowship with each other, I think, um, we've tried to be more communal and just being able to, um, yeah, check in on each other and care for each other at this time too.
0: I think your idea of It's more than just a physical thing. I found that interesting because as I've been thinking, like preparing these questions, kind of, there's some questions where I'm like, I think the person will answer in this way. And so on that question, I've been kind of more expecting like that there's an embodied aspect of worship. It's not purely a mental thing, but it's a full body experience, but your answer is there is more than just a physical aspect of worship there is it moves beyond the physical realm and so that's an interesting push where I was like I haven't even considered that and so the idea that there's just more to it than just physical I find is quite interesting
1: I think, I think it's because of my, um, like my relationship with music. There's something like, I don't know. You get this feel, like there's this feeling that kind of overtakes me, in my soul, when I, when I get to be a part of, where I hear just something that, like you know, is so full of anointing um that you're just like I have to I have to just sit down or listen or like raise my hands up or start crying or like there's something so like spiritually
0: intense yeah that's that's really interesting because yeah there's still in a sense in your response there's still that physical nature to it but you also like it's more than physical and so hearing that it's kind of how it's gonna push our churches going forward is how are we gonna view the physical? Are we gonna view worship as something that transcends the physical as you're discovering?
1: I think it's definitely going to look different. I we're still maybe the jury's still out on how things will settle. Um, I know that online infrastructure so far has been a great way of um, keeping um, keeping fellowship with each other, even from afar. Um, but that doesn't just extend to services, um, it's fellowshipping like, through small groups and through um, I guess youth groups and um, people that you're close to um, in the congregation. Um, and what does that look like? Um, so with what I've done at FAC right now, um, it's definitely lend, lead more towards that online side um, so we have services uh, and then uh, um, we've been more intentional just meeting with our um, with our people with our music teams and we meet with them every two weeks um, i meet with the music team every week um, just because um, you have to talk shop but um, we're also trying to be there for each other too, um, and then um, small groups going on, um, and also the socially distant um, car parties that I've been seeing around the city. Um, that's been part of both small groups and um, teams
0: that I've been a part of too. Um. So an interesting thing, and. It's- I think especially applicable to your situation being part of a big church is how do you approach a balance between performing and leading in worship because in online media it I feel can lean a lot more heavily to the performing aspect of worship instead of the leading and leading the congregation into worship and this has always been a conversation of worship is the performance versus leading. So how have you been approaching that in an online format?
1: Um, oh, this is, <laughs> this is sticky. Um, because there's so many thoughts about it um, and what that looks like. But um, in the music side, if, if you're helping with worship, um i think there's one like one thing that you have to realize is that as much as you're trying not to make it just a performance performance is a part of it you're basically like you're up there um and performing but it's also a big consideration of who you're performing to um because um I think authenticity kind of pours out. Um, You can see like, it's very tangible. Like you can see um, when someone's authentic about um, something and it's not just in worship Um, that extends to every other part of life. Um, But in this context, um, yeah, like, you can see when someone is just playing or worship bands is playing and you're just like oh yeah they're playing great like well, i didn't really feel it versus like those times where like you're on the floor crying um because of the spirit filling the room um, and that's um that's largely in part due to like posture and um, like posture of heart and where that um, performance is going to.
0: I, I think like I haven't been a hugely involved in this conversation of performance versus leading, like I'll hear people always like complain, oh, this service is too much of a performance. And so, like, I always know it's a balance, but like the idea of you have of embracing the performance, but performing to God and not to the people, I think that's an interesting take that I haven't heard before. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but the idea that you embrace the performance and you direct it towards God is, I think, a really interesting and cool approach. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, what do you see as the future of technology and worship going forward? Because there's always people who push back and be like, no, we need to have a simplified service. And then there's people like you, where you love bringing in in monitors, you love bringing in your click track and your backtracks and all that. So... How do you see this relationship of technology and worship going forward?
1: Um, it depends on the context that we're in, I guess. For for FAC, um, it's been it's been a great help in facilitating um, the services and the flow that we want to be able to do. So um, we've been working on in like investing in that more, investing in our craft, um, both um, as worshipers, as musicians, and what we do um, as a team. Um, So we've been trying to take practical steps towards that. Um, I think post-COVID, the bar will be higher um, for for, I guess, technological requirements, um, whatever that looks like for um, a specific um, church congregation or, um, yeah, or kind of um, engagement piece um, as part of the church. Um, And it's not like everybody has to go like from zero to a hundred right away, but um, you know, it's definitely a consideration that what's the next, what's the next step up um, and kind of trying to, trying to lean into that a little bit. Because um, I think, um, I guess my biggest thing is that I've been poured into by mentors that, um, have have instilled into me the, I guess, the values of um, trying to progress and trying to, um, I guess, pursue excellence um, gradually, um, but always keeping that in mind um, and trying not to be um maybe complacent or um i guess my my saying would be proud but never satisfied um and i took that from someone else <laughs> um that's my that's my kind of like um life um philosophy so i do that with like um music health and fitness and stuff like that um but i also say that here just to um be mindful that um i think that worship and technology and all of these things they're they're amazing um and they're great tools um, but it's also important just to um look at why we're doing it and who we're doing it for and uh, just making sure that's always in focus while you're trying to do better
0: yeah i think there's two interesting points you have there where like the bar will be higher like a lot of places they've just kind of been like this is good and so they haven't been paying much attention to their tech boots for the past few years. And mm-hmm. now they're actually looking at their tech boots and they're like, oh, here's some problems and so yeah, the bar is gonna be higher. And then the second thing, um is who are you doing it for? Um I find in tech boots normally there's the gear acquisition syndrome where techs just Uh want to get new toys, right? (laughs) Like, you know, you think, hmm, if I get a compressor, my service is going to be significantly better because a compressor would actually help. But at the other time, like, who are you doing it for?
1: Yeah, it's, oh, I understand gear acquisition systems, so <laughs> as evidenced by my the current state of my apartment. I, I uh, since the school year ended, I just went, in, I went into producer mode. So I have a big keyboard, my small keyboard, two bases, a guitar at the back, and like um, different kinds of mics and things. Um, but it's you also have to realize that's kind of getting to the uncanny valley with that too um and it's not just having those things it's how you use it
0: yeah Uh,
1: and yeah and how you're enhancing it because i think um you can have the greatest like greatest compressor in the world or the greatest um whatever insert piece of technology here but if if you're not able to or knowledgeable enough to like use it for what you're hoping that it will achieve or the effectiveness that it will achieve um it won't be able to go all the way
0: yeah because like i heard Um, I don't know what church it was, but I was talking to somebody at Ambrose and they were like, yeah, we actually had to pull out our FX unit out of our tech booth because Mm -hmm. a person was just abusing it and didn't know when not to use it. And so use it too much. And they said, "Okay, we're actually removing our FX machine because it's not being used well. And so like Mm -hmm. having the gear is good, but as you say, you got to know how to use it and why to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, How do you think worship services will look like going forward? Um, During COVID, I've Mm -hmm. been hearing churches are implementing mini-changes to, um, to optimize their stream. Um, and sometimes it was, this change had to happen, we can sites for the live stream, and then we get a new change that we've been wanting to get for a while. Um, and so how do you think services will look like post-COVID? I think... Um, You were cutting in and out, so... Okay. um, Can you kind of repeat Canada last little bit?
1: Yeah, Um, so I was just saying that, um, yeah, it wouldn't really change for FAC, but I think um, coming out post-COVID, at least in the beginning, um, there will be Um, a hybrid model um, just because churches and bigger um, venues or or spaces won't be able to be filled to their full capacity. So um, it'll look different for different church congregations, but depending on what that is, I think they'll need to um, have those considerations in mind, whether they want to do more services, but have distancing um, or do a combination of online um, and the physical services and people get to choose Um, and then there's the cap but um, I think that'll be the biggest consideration as we start reopening and working to make sure that if you're not able to be there able to get um, the message and um, a really great uh, understanding of what it would be like to be there in person. And I think that's um, a lot of what we're also trying to help facilitate at FAC2
0: yeah i think your comment on doing more services that's very much something i'm experiencing my church here in saskatoon they're opening for the first time this weekend and our system we can't get everybody in on one service so we're going to a dual service model and then we're also streaming as well so that people don't feel pressured to come back but yeah it's very much uh churches might switch to more services and it's going to be interesting on will these extra services stay or not will people be like you know what i wasn't a fan of waking up for a 9:30 service i'm going to keep on going to the 11 o'clock service because that makes sense for me and so it's going to be interesting on if churches start offering more services, what the attendance would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, another question. Um, so when I watched an online service, so First Alliance on YouTube, it seemed like mm-hmm. a pretty minimal streamed line service. Is that kind of how you've been before COVID, or did your services get slimmed down?
1: Um, Right now, they've been down I guess by about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, Just because um, for online um, we found around the hour mark is where um, engagement and intention is so we've been um, working to um, kind of working for the online format I guess in that regard Um, during the um, during the summer um, we try and have our um, services at 60 minutes anyway Um, so it's typically shorter during the summer season and then um, from September to um may i'd say um we go for um 75 minutes 80 minutes um within um the service which might be a little bit less than some uh, maybe like 10 minutes less than usual um but that's also for considerations um, of our um multiple services um the two on Sunday at the very least and then our
0: Saturday night as well. I I find two things on that. I find it interesting that First Alliance slims down during the summer. Like attendance normally always plummets during the summer and that might be an interesting way to combat it where churches, instead of trying to do a full service and have people drop off if they just do smaller services um and then secondly how first alliance is one of many churches is that are like cutting their services shorter in online formats like that's kind of being a common theme i've found amongst churches during covid is they're like we need to do shorter services which Big kind of rhetorical question of how much fluff do we have in our Sunday services like yeah. it's if every church is saying hey we're slimming down our services it's like were our services inherently too long or not I don't know but it's it's an interesting question that I think some churches are starting to ask yeah. Yeah,
1: that's definitely a consideration that I think not just churches are experiencing right now. Um, It's almost like a social question um, that's been um, part of the discussion since um, since the situation started happening.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's kind of all I have. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: I'm trying to think, um, nothing in particular, but, but thank you so much for, um, asking me to do this.
0: You're welcome. Um, is there a way that people could connect with you and kind of ask more questions if they want to?
1: Um, uh, sure. Um, so I guess online, um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. So, um, okay, Becca music, uh, on Instagram. Um, so I started kind of a music page, um, to, um, help highlight or, um, just document my journey in music so far um, and what that looks like for me. Um, And um, if you follow FAC, um, you'll kind of see me on the sidelines there a little bit, um, as well as starting up FAC Music and um, our online presence there. Um, if If you happen to come to Ambrose, um, either as a student or staff. Um, uh, I'm on staff here as well as the Residence Director so um, you can get in contact with me just through the school channels. You'll see me in person in a socially distant way uh, if you're on campus here in the fall. Uh, okay.
0: okay thank you so much Odom for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you again, Odom, for joining me today. You had some great insights into worship theology and what it's like leading it in the time of COVID at at your church of First Alliance. Also, thank you, Odom, for providing music for the intro. That's greatly appreciative. And if you want to check him out, I'll leave the links The link for his Spotify page in the description. I also want to thank all of you viewers who are joining me on this project. It's been fun experimentations. I'm still very much learning and I'm tweaking as I go. Um, I have planned for episode 4 Reverend Bryce Ashley Mayo. He is the lead pastor at Westlife Church in Calgary. Um, he should have some fantastic insights and I'm excited to record that episode with him. And going forward, my plan is each episode's going to be released Friday. So I'm kind of settling into a schedule. I'm still experimenting a bit with the format, but I'm aiming for every Friday to release an episode, so you can kind of expect it a bit more consistently. And lastly, what I want to add here is, I still need feedback. Um, I'm still very much learning this, and so having feedback on what can be improved, what can be different, would be greatly appreciated. Thank you.